0: Good morning, and welcome to Intermission, where we press pause to hear your story and talk about how to be the light in a world that can feel so dark. So grab your coffee, it's time to wake up. Good Mernin, good after Mernin, good evening uh, in Kenya, and I am Mern, and we are here on intermission, and I am doing this podcast remotely, Um, all the way from Kenya, I am joined by Catherine Njiri, did I say that right?
1: Yeah, Catherine
0: Njiri. Njiri, yes, and Paige Ellenson. And I feel somewhat like a kid at Christmas. Like my cheeks hurt right now because I have admired and um, been inspired by both of these incredible women and humans and um, just being able to take this time to sit with them and have a conversation about what they're up to, what they've been through um, during this you know, during life in general, but much less a global pandemic that we're all experiencing. And while we're in the same storm, we are all in different boats, like it looks different for each of us. And I'm just honored and humbled to have both of them on this podcast. And I just want to share a little bit about each of them. Um, Paige Ellenson, uh, she lives and breathes the creed of service self-empowerment that she teaches, a native New Yorker. Um, she is a Muhammad Ali Humanitarian Global Citizen 2017 award recipient. And she's been teaching yoga for over a decade. As a senior Baptiste yoga teacher, Paige leads yoga teacher trainings in Kenya and across the United States, which I've had the honor and privilege to attend one of those, which we'll talk about later. She teaches in yoga journal conferences across the United States and is a featured presenter at the Evolution Asia Yoga Conference, the Barcelona Yoga Conference, the Acro Yoga Festival, the Baptiste Power Flow Immersion, and the Yoga Teacher Telesummit. Her incisive skills as a businesswoman, spiritual activist, and social entrepreneur inspired her work with Africa Yoga Project organization. In 2007, Paige moved to Africa and co-founded the AYP organization, a movement that empowers the youth of Kenya to learn, contribute, and change their lives through the transformative power of yoga. With the support of Baron Baptiste and his community, the AYP organization facilitated the first yoga teacher training in Kenya and now employs local youth to teach full-time in their own communities. Africa Yoga Project programs offer free classes to over 6,000 students per week, simultaneously building schools, funding education, critical operations, and environmental endeavors. And Paige, since then, has uh, worked with leaders in politics, philanthropy, design, and entertainment to broaden the AYP organization's empowering reach. Um, she worked alongside Donna Karan. Karan? Karan? Donna Karan. It's Karen. Karen. Yes. ma'am. my partner Olivia is going to be disappointed that I didn't know how to say her name. Urban Zen Foundation, UNICEF, and Michelle Obama's Let's Move initiative. That's so incredible. Paige creates unique opportunities for community involvement and transformation. At home in Nairobi or reaching students around the world, Paige's dedication to positive global change is infectious and inspiring. So I just want to pause. That was a lot. And it's because you've done like so much, and uh, I just welcome you, Paige, to the Intermission Podcast.
2: Thank you so much. My, it's truly my pleasure.
0: Mm, I believe that. I believe you. I feel you. And we're joined by Catherine, and Catherine is. Um, An inspiring woman as well. She has been co-leading the uh, global healthy healthy happy hours um, that Africa Yoga Project has been putting on, which we'll touch on a little later. She is from Nairobi, Kenya. She is certified Africa Yoga Project and Baptiste Yoga teacher, having completed level one, two and three Baptiste Yoga teacher trainings and fit to lead training with the Baptiste Institute. Catherine has been teaching and practicing yoga since 2009 and is passionate about creating world-class well-being leaders through the Africa Yoga Project due to her personal experience of how yoga changed her life. She witnesses daily how yoga impacts the overall well-being of her students and encourages a healthy lifestyle. Catherine is the first Kenyan woman to lead a 200-hour yoga teacher training in sub-Saharan Africa and is co-facilitator of this training annually in Nairobi, Kenya. When she isn't teaching yoga or leading trainings, she is a proud mom to baby girl. She also enjoys braiding her daughters and her friend's hair. Welcome, Catherine.
1: Thank you so much. Such an honor Mm. to be here.
0: Yeah. So... Oh, where to even begin? I um, I want to start with kind of from the beginning. I know personally I've had the experience of hearing the story of how Africa Yoga Project began um, with Paige on vacation with her family. And so I do want to hear that. And also, Paige, if you could just give us a little brief history about um, being a New Yorker. And, um, what life was like for you prior to yoga, then finding yoga and then stumbling upon this opportunity and feeling led to create, co-create the Africa Yoga Project.
2: Sure. Thank you. Um, okay. So a few questions there. So how did I start? What was life like in New York? So I'm from New Yorker, I'm from New Yorker, (laughs) born and raised in New York, um, And I never thought I'd be a yoga teacher. Um, I thought I'd be either a fashion designer or work on Wall Street and kind of, um, yeah, dabbled in both before I started finding yoga was becoming, like, it took up more and more of the time of my day. And I started wanting to teach everyone yoga, even at work. Um, And so eventually my manager said, you know, why don't you teach yoga and I had studied with Baron Baptiste. And so I started teaching yoga in New York and it went really well. Um, my classes were full, they were packed, I was enjoying it. I started traveling and teaching yoga and working with Baron. And in um, around 2006, my dad invited me. So the life in New York was, I don't know, <laughs> I think very typical of life in New York. I mean, I was teaching yoga, I was drinking green juice, I was looking for workshops that I could lead and, you know, have a 50-50 split with the studio. And, you know, my, you know, big achievement would be to like have a sold out workshop or class. Um, uh, and in 2006, my uh, dad invited me on a vacation, a safari to Kenya with his, in Tanzania with his um, new girlfriend, with my sister and I. And of course, we said yes to a free trip to Africa and, um, yeah, I thought it would be a vacation. I think like right before I'd, I'd been doing some acro yoga and I'd heard that there were these amazing acrobats in Kenya. Um, and then when I was on safari, I saw these guys doing hamstands and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so incredible. And so I jumped out of my vehicle and started doing hamstands with them. Um, and it was just a beautiful moment in time. I don't know if any of you have ever had a beautiful moment in time. Um, you know, like you went out to the right party or you had a perfect lunch or, yeah, it's just one of those beautiful surprises. Um, but the real magic happened after that encounter when the guys that I met found me by Googling page and yoga and found my MySpace account and invited me to come back and teach yoga. And um, I don't know how much you know about New Yorkers, but you know, as New Yorkers, we're kind of very conceited and egotistical. We think like we're the best city in the world and we're the most cosmopolitan. Therefore, we have the most knowledge about culture. And, you know, when they call it the melting pot, you know, I think we think no matter what race we are or no matter what socioeconomic class we came from, we think because maybe my classroom had, you know, my high school had people that were Chinese, people that were African-American, people that were Indian, you know, because our, sometimes the, the spaces we share are multicultural. I think that leads us to believe that we know everything <laughs> about those cultures. And, um, and I think, you know, the privilege of having an education and being well-traveled, I've traveled my whole life, um, Really led me to believe like that I knew the world and i and that and that um yeah, that I think my my parents always taught me like the American dream is like no matter what socioeconomic class you are, if you work hard enough, you'll make it in life, and it's all about hard work, and um you know being being white and being from a you know a pretty middle class well off family it was easy to buy into that and um but when i went to that first trip to kenya all of those things that like i knew to be true i found to be untrue because what i what i discovered was so much of my success so much of 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 where i my fulfillment my happiness came from the opportunities that i had and the the economic status that i had to pursue those opportunities and then I came to Kenya and I met so many young people that worked a thousand times harder than me. Um, They were much more enthusiastic about the practice. They were more patient than I was. And, you know, I think as yogis, I found community through yoga. And so I thought, oh yeah, I'll teach community. You know, and then I also found like the guys and girls I was working with in Kenya, they knew more about community than me. So just really confused me, like all my belief systems got confused moving to Kenya. And I realized that, um, you know, like the, the systemic opportunities that I had as an American, as a New Yorker, as my race, as everything led me to where I was. And it's not necessarily just about hard work. And so Africa Yoga Project was born out of, out of the idea that let's give an opportunity to all the people that want to work hard to be yoga teachers, if that's what they want and to um, have careers uh, that allow them to feed their families and help their communities. And I'm really privileged to be sharing the mic today with Catherine, because I think she is, you know, a perfect, much more um, perfect example of, you know, when given an opportunity, what, like what happens, you know, that there's no barrier or no glass ceiling that gets put on you once, once people can come together and and give more equity to opportunities. Mm.
0: So good and so true. And I think my first introduction to um, systemic privilege and opportunity was, I guess, more in focus for me on my trip to Kenya, um, on the Seva Safari, and the thing I think about the Kenyan people is the joy like <laughs> I've known for a little bit that my mission is is more joy and more light in the world, and also you know they just seem to know something they just seem to know um, like there was a wellspring of joy, like you said, like they're working a thousand times harder than I've ever worked. And they're not pissed about it. They're not angry about it. There's so much joy. And um I do want to hop. There's a few things I want to touch on, Paige, that you shared, but I do want to hop over to Catherine and thank you again, like for being here. And I agree with Paige, like you are the voice of the people there. And I would love for you to share just a little bit about life prior to Africa Yoga Project. Uh,
1: okay, thank you. So um, I grew up in, a, in Nairobi in an area called Kariubangi, Kariubangi North. And uh, um, I'll say life before Africa Yoga Project was, uh, I was an acrobat. And before I went from high school straight into acrobatics. So I didn't go to any college. Anyway, my, my mom could not afford college. I was raised by a single mom. And even going through high school, I had to, like, go work and support a one on school fees. And then I joined acrobatics, and I was, like, a, a performer, and I was enjoying being, like, in front of people, and people cheering, and people going, like, hey, ladies are doing acrobatics. It's not, like, a normal thing for anything physical, including yoga for women in Kenya to do, especially 11 years ago or years ago. And um, so I was an acrobat with the Sarakasi Trust, and that's how I met Paige. I didn't even do acrobatics for long. I think I did acrobatics for like a year, and then I met Paige in 2007. Or maybe early 2008. I still can't remember whether it was the end of 2007 or early 2008. But it was during um, a post-violence in Kenya. There was like a, a lot of violence in Kenya that were. Uh, brought about by elections and um, people not agreeing with the winner and there was a lot of violence and a lot of people were displaced from their homes so there were all these camps where government were hosting people who were displaced from home and uh, I was uh, performing in those camps as an acrobat. Paige was part of the circus Mm -hmm. we were doing and uh, she was teaching yoga there. And I usually I I loved when Paige was teaching because we could go to this place where we were we were practicing before we go to perform. And you could either choose to practice, warm up with acrobatics and warm up with yoga and acrobatics or brutal and like military. And I was like, Yoga It wasn't as easy as I thought, but um you know, it's like the feeling you feel afterwards. I hated my first class speech. Like I was like, I'm never coming back. But then the, the feeling I felt afterwards was so good. Like there was less pain. And I think I was more able to perform. And when we went to the camps, I didn't decide to teach yoga when, like, I, I love the class. I decided to teach yoga when we went to the camps to perform. You know, it was so sad. Like when you go to the camps with all these people who are living in tents, they were made into a circle. And there was a space at the center of the circle. And all these artists, like they are musicians, they are drummers, people drumming, us, acrobats, this page, yogi. And we went to the camp. You get into the camp. And I'm not joking. We are escorted by police because, like, it's not safe or there's so much tension. And you get into the camps and you can sense the tension of, like, that group sitting on that corner, another group on this corner. There's so much fear in the camp. And we started with our performing, you know, like entertaining people, people are sitting down and loving, but they're sitting down, not participating. And then Paige came in and all of a sudden, all of us were in a big circle, including the people who founded the camp, the people who are not talking to each other, in circle, like touching hands on mountain poles. And I was just looking at it it's like, I want to do whatever mm-hmm. this is. Like, this is like so profound. I knew I wanted to do something. For my community and i thought acrobatics was that because i was entertaining but then i was like how 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 come so uh, we are all touching hands like what is this like i really want to do it i didn't tell Paige, but i think uh people from the whole circus i uh, told her i think so i don't know but she came back with baron in 2009 and i was like i'm signing up number one because i really wanted to like have people touch hands on mountain poles, and number two because it was at the beach mm-hmm. I was like, win, win,
0: win, win. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I had full body chills and thinking about, you know, Paige said she wanted to create community. And then in that moment when no one's talking to each other and I, you know, see that in, in a small way in yoga classes when everybody kind of wants to keep to themselves, but to, in a, such a a powerful and impactful way um, that she stepped in and created this circle, and how powerful just the circle itself is. And then to like touch, like you said, in mountain pose, it's like it could seem so simple and also um, just so powerful. Yeah. So you, you're like, I'm signing up. Uh, 2009, Paige and Baron came, so you were in the first uh, teacher training group. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So Paige, what, um, how did, what did that look like when you decided, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to bring yoga to these people. And you reached out to Barron.
2: Is that how it started? Yeah. So like Catherine was talking about, um, well, just to distinguish, cause I really want to make sure I'm not taking credit for something that I don't think that is my credit. Um, all that like community, hmm. like I think existed way before me. I don't think it was me making a circle. It's definitely everyone that was on that team's idea around how to do everything. Um, I really think that the um, the the best thing that we can do as foreigners, if we want to like support a culture that's different than ours, is try and share resources that maybe we have um, more naturally, like fundraising to do the circus. Um, you know, maybe resources, ideas, empowerment, training. Um, but definitely the community I just don't I don't want to take credit for. Um, so during two thousand six or two thousand seven, we were gonna do a small teacher training. Um, but then because I'd raised like five thousand dollars to do that. Um, and then obviously the post election violence happened. So we we used that money for something different, like what Catherine's talking about, really. Um being able to do peace building uh, in camps. Um, so then when that went went really well um, and was producing results, uh, what I saw as I start to learn the culture in Kenya a bit better was that, you know, what was as important as bringing yoga to Kenya, what was as important, what people were saying, if you really listen, is what they needed was jobs, security, a skill that they could use throughout their lifetime to be able to support themselves and support others. And so what I, what I realized and what I shared with Baron was more important than us as foreigners sharing yoga, it would be more important to do trainings to be able to teach people how to teach yoga. And, um, and I was, I was also finding that I was able to teach yoga in Kenya and and earn, earn a living. Um, So, but I don't know, like, I'm sure you hear, like, in America, like, how hard it is for a foreigner to, like, get a work permit in America or to work, you know, like, even a Canadian. Um, you know, it's really the same all over the world because you're trying to protect local jobs. I mean, that's the whole idea, right? You're trying to protect local jobs. And I think that what happens in, in Kenya and a lot of countries in Africa is, you know, if you do something that no one else can do, you don't really bother getting a work permit because you just do things kind of like cash. And that's what I was doing. And then what I realized was I was like taking away from local jobs by doing that. Um, And so it would be a better philosophy to like use my, to train yoga teachers. So that's what I presented to Baron and he was a huge yes for it. So our first teacher training trained over 60 people and really kind of Close to right after the training, many of them were teaching private classes and able to find that they were able to get the beginning of earning income as a yoga teacher right out of teacher training because there really were no yoga teachers. Um, And I was able to um, provide more of the link between the client or the student and the teacher. And at the same time, the new teachers wanted to share what they knew about yoga with their own communities um, to be able to improve physical and mental health. So that's really was the birth of Africa yoga project. And then along the course of the years, as as we went on, we realized that there were some skills like Catherine talked about. She didn't have the opportunity to go to vocational school or university after high school. And I would say even high school or secondary can tend to be not the most complete of educations to really set you up for working like, um, it's a very traditional educational system here. So they might not teach you things like budgeting and marketing and business skills. They're teaching you like Swahili and math and Christian education and English. And so what we realized was um, the education that we wanted to offer to young people was not just how to teach journey into power, but you know, what are the vocational skills that are necessary to be successful to be an entrepreneur? And so um, how that's morphed Thank you, Penzi, a my water giver. <laughs> um, what what, I, what we turned it into is an Africa Yoga Project Academy. So now our program is a three-year academy that young people can enter into to be able to learn the professional, the technical, and the life skills that it would take to be a contribution to their communities and be employable. And Catherine leads a lot of that work. So she's our director of teachers, really working with these teachers on you know, what What skills are, identifying what skills are missing and what, you know, what we need to add into that curriculum. Wow. And I love that you were thinking
0: along the lines of, you know, yes, we could come here and lead a workshop or two, but that's not going to help long-term. Like, these these people need help with life skills and jobs to support their families, and um, I love that Baron was a yes. Of course he was. And uh, Catherine, so now you have been through so many trainings and now the director of teachers. What is, what is that like for you these days being on the other side, I guess? Uh,
1: it's like uh, so fulfilling. It's it's like, I think, mm. where I was born is to do what I'm doing right now. And uh, a page touched uh, about like job security and uh, uh, a lot of employability i think right now I have so much opportunity like page said when in high school here in kenya when you leave high school or second sometimes we call it secondary school you won't be employed like in a corporate world or things like that and um, also unemployment in kenya and africa in the general in general especially for the youth is really really high so uh being able to teach yoga and uh especially teaching private paid private clue and group classes that's made me more like a, run my own business of yoga business and at the same time work for africa yoga project as director of teachers where i get to like uh, train other teachers like my people who came from the same background like me and just lead them in the world that we have already created and just like see them grow come in as newcomers like I was in 2009 and excited about teacher training and then leaving the class and see them after three years like running their own yoga business or just like working in the well-being industry It's so fulfilling like it makes me feel so happy like it's what I love doing.
0: I just want to take a moment because I think you know I know for myself even though being a white woman from a small town in Kentucky (laughs) here in the United States, my path has been quite different. And I know the power of this practice and how it's changed my life. And just thinking about the way you felt when you took Paige's first class, like there was part of you that never (laughs) wanted to come back again. And then there was another part of you that was just like, maybe this is what I've been looking for um, and just the way that focusing on breath and drishti and getting into our physical bodies because I think so so much of the time is spent in our heads, especially you know in environments that like you were experiencing a lot of violence after the election there are so many people who disagreed with um, the winner and I I just am so. Moved by both of your stories and just the fact that I think Paige shared earlier, like your your focus at the time was like selling out a workshop in New York, you know, and now and I love, of course, you didn't take full credit for that. (laughs) And that's who you are. And also just um, holding space for people like Catherine and all the different Africa Yoga Project teachers that I've met along the way. Just seeing how it has shifted their life, because I know I've heard so many stories of, you know, it would be so easy to go back into stealing and um, doing things that, you know, could get you killed in order to support your family, because that is the only choice for so many. And just hearing your story and how now you're director of teachers for Africa Yoga Project, um, I just there's so many people that are listening to this that might think yoga is not for me, you know, um, or I can't touch my toes. Like I hear that so often and yes, it's about the body. And at the same time, it's not about the body. And I just wanted to take a moment to just, you know, honor like the practice and the way that Baron created journey into power. It's accessible for anybody. And I remember coming to Kenya and going to, I can't think of what it was called, a uh, girls uh, like a detention center um, where we had things that, you know, resembled a yoga mat. But to us in the United States, it might look like nothing, but it was everything. And those girls on their mats doing this practice. And there was so much joy, even though like the circumstances and I, um, yeah, I'm just a little bit in awe right now, just taking it, all of this in. Um, so Paige, you talked about like a beautiful moment, like you said, if any of you experienced a beautiful moment in time, like a surprise and like, there's been several for me, I would say there were several in Kenya, um, that happened for me where I first realized and because the, the word privilege always um, had this like negative connotation, it was almost something you don't say, like in the United States. And I remember we were sitting having dinner after being out. Um, I believe it, w- it was actually the day after we led some yoga at the detention center. And I remember just being overwhelmed and overcome with um, emotion because. One of the people at the table said that they realized how privileged we are. And I remember my first reaction was like, you know, like that feels negative. And also, yeah, like we're so privileged. And I had no idea um, what other cultures are dealing with and going through and how much has been given to me. And so that is a beautiful moment. And then I would say in both level one and level two, there have been really beautiful moments where I realized number one in level one, what my lie was that I wasn't enough and like just really seeing that in full focus. And then there is a moment in level two, funny side story, level one, I think I raised my hand every single time to share and Baron never called on me. (laughs) That's the truth. He never... (laughs) ever called on me. And I was like, I'm just going to trust that there's a reason. And then the first night of level two, Paige calls on me and I get up in front of everyone. And I think it was the topic was share what has happened since level one, um, like a moment. And I was going on and on about a story and Paige just goes, Myrn, what happened? And I said, I fell in love. <laughs> I fell in love."
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I remember that moment like it was yesterday. And um, this practice has given me, even though I haven't been, uh, you know, raised in the culture like Catherine or the other people in Kenya, like I was raised in an all-white missionary Baptist town where I was told because of my sexuality um, I was bad and I was going to hell and all of these other things. And so through this practice, I have been able to get into my physical body and remember who I was created to be, and that I've come out of hiding, so to speak, just in life, my sexuality etc and so um I just this practice has been so powerful for so many, and just like <laughs> I'm like sweating i'm so like just excited if you could share about what you guys are up to now? Like, what has life been like since the pandemic? Like I said, we're in the same storm in different boats. And what has that been like for you guys? And what has Africa Yoga Project been up to? Cause I know it's been a lot, um, since this started.
1: We were not prepared for this. I, I don't think anybody was. And especially being, um, Uh, community organization that like we deal with a lot of people and like uh, personally I like I love being around people so uh the um idea of like hearing we won't be able to teach uh yoga like one-on-one or like our community class which I miss a lot or even like being able to serve uh, our outreach students like uh, the one you mentioned in the um uh the the gulf Uh, it was like uh it was just like a shock for me, especially. So uh, we knew the the government, when Corona hit Kenya, people were told, sanitize, use sanitizer, use hands, uh, wash your hands, social distance. And I'm sitting there going like, I grew up in a community that uh, we lived in one room. And when I say, I'm not talking about one bedroom, like one single room. And we were like six of us, including my mom. And my neighbors were there and we used one bathroom, like, eight families and each family has like over four people <laughs> and you are using one bathroom how are you going to social distance with that these uh these places don't even have water to like water is not as much so no one is gonna wash their hands every five seconds or every five minutes because i rather use the water to cook uh, or shower or clean my clothes and just keep washing my hands and then like sanitizer is not a thing like hand sanitizer it's it's not a thing i think no, no, it's a thing now everybody has sanitizer so um we sat down as an africa Oga project and we're like how can we support our people who are like most vulnerable and like they cannot be able to take all these precautions so we started with a campaign we called share your sanitizer where we distributed like um jelly cans of water like each family got a 20 liter can where they can store water when uh, water comes to the at the neighborhood and we we bought sanitizers and a lot of soap and a uh, tissue and uh, like uh, towels and we ended up even giving bread yeah that was the first thing we did for the campaign um um and uh, our teachers each then uh, we started doing um uh, uh, the Global Healthy Happy Hour, which where every teacher got uh, a grant, a two hundred dollar grant. That's a lot in Kenya. <laughs> it's like that's it's really a lot. And uh so because I did um I, I, I got the grant and I went back to Karibangi and uh like connected back with my neighborhood and I managed to give food to fourteen families with two hundred dollars and the food was gonna support them for like two weeks and I'm talking families of like more than four people. And and yeah, that's what we've been doing now so far with uh, all the money coming from Global Lady Happy Hour is going towards supporting um, our relief fund with our communities.
0: It's incredible how, you know, what I or, you know, people in the United States would consider as not much money, how far that can go to help support an entire family for two weeks. Um, and Paige, share how the global healthy happy hour, how was that kind of born?
2: Yeah. So yeah, to piggyback on everything Catherine said, um, yeah, I love the way she said it. There's really nothing I can add. I mean, global healthy happy hour, and just all of our online offerings are born out of like, well, one, a need for like really critical funding and understanding, you know, the wake up call for me was and I truly only understand I don't understand everything about America, but I'm an American um, to understand a little and the wake-up call for me was when America released its stimulus package um, and you know put publicly, and I know that there's been many faults with it, and I've been impacted by them personally, um you know, but said that we're gonna offer six hundred dollars a week extra, you know, to anyone who's being unemployed Um, and that there's this forgivable loan for small businesses. And although I truly, and again, I'm at the effect of some of the issues with the system, I really understood like, wow, this is the difference between being in America and being in Kenya. Like, I understand it would be hard to live on the $600 a week, but you if received would be able to eat plus your, you know, your um, state unemployment, you know, and I understand that as a small business, you would have a very hard time over those three months. But if you do get PPP, you would be able to hopefully afloat yourself. Um, and I think that there's a lot of us that have benefited from these stimulus packages. And I really saw the just dis- The disconnect, like to really ground your, like your myself, and wanting to share the grounding about that different boats with others that, like the community that a lot of you like, know and love and have supported for so long, that are going through the same storm, like no yoga classes, are not in the Mm -hmm. same boat. So the community that we've come to love, that we've come to support, that we've made, that we've used our money to get this far, you know, that you've burned, you've, you've used your resources to get this far can be, I don't want to say ruined in an instance, but how quick, you know, do our teachers go from making 500, 600, $700 a month, which is quite a fair, you know, way to live in Kenya you can put food on the table, you can pay rent, you can help your family, to none, because there's no place to teach the yoga, you can't be with the people, and there, there just isn't the safety net here, you know, there just isn't the $600 a week, it just doesn't exist, or even $100 a week, or even $10 a week, there, it doesn't exist, so, um, a lot of our graduates were going from from making mo- money to zero without this without a process and so you know without without the government support we decided very quickly we need to find a way to raise money so that we can be the structure or the system or the safety net and um quite quite amazingly um people like you responded And keep responding and understand that it's a marathon, not a sprint and understand that if, you know, the way that we thought of global healthy happy hour was like, there's, everyone was hoarding for food. I don't know if you remember those first few weeks, but like, you know, stocking up and like, there would be no human that I know that supports Africa yoga project that like if a neighbor came over and said, Hey, can I share your sugar would say no. Or forget sugar, you know, like, I don't have any toilet paper at home. Can you, can I have some of yours? Um, Or I don't have water. Can I share yours? And like, when you get that human to human connection, if it was your neighbor, you would, you wouldn't say, no, I want to keep this water for myself in case of an emergency. Yeah. You know, so um, like why... What, I, what we realize is what's a platform that we can do that's uplifting that shares like our community with your community that would help us, you know, put a process for sharing, and um, you know we're we're almost halfway to our goal. Like we've raised almost $140,000. Our goal is to raise $300,000. Um, we've been not only able to support our teachers, but we've been able to support the students and the communities that they live in, and. Um, and we, we still have a long ways to go, but we hope and we keep reinventing new ways to do it. It might not always be global healthy happy hour. Um, you know, as things open up in the States, we might figure out different challenges. I want to talk to Catherine after the call of a new idea I have. Um, uh, but, you know, we just want to find ways that are wins for everyone that, um help us all do the work. I know there's a lot of talk in America, you know, especially around racial discrepancies, racial violence um, and racism um, around do the work, you know, learn, do the work, do the work. And, you know, Black Lives Matter, period. And um, Black Lives in Africa Matter, And um, donating to Africa Yoga Project, mentoring our teachers, participating in our classes, taking a private class from our teachers, learning is a way to uh, have do the work. You know, like Baron always says, like do the work. It's like not a concept. It's a reality, you know, to take that concept and make it a reality. And um, and that's what Global Healthy Happy Hour is. And that's what all of our programming is. We want it to be win-win from everyone. We want we want it to support entrepreneurs and we want to be able to offer value because Catherine and and many of our teachers are exceptional at offering value as great yoga teachers. So it's just around sharing. Yeah, if that makes
0: sense. Mm, it makes so much sense. And yeah, I think about when Catherine shared about everybody in mountain pose touching hands, like that's just not happening right now. And like you said, how do we create that feeling? without being able to physically touch and being the same room with one another. And you guys do an amazing job and I'll just share anyone listening global healthy happy hour. It happens. Are you, are you guys doing it every Fridays or are we every other?
2: I would just say to, to log on to our Instagram, yes. see what exciting stuff we have going on, but it's, usually Fridays at 5 p.m. And then we, we have so many offerings, like literally. And it's just going to be more and more as, as online. You know, in, in so many ways, this will be a blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, our teachers will find more students to teach. Um, we will be able to support more people and empower more people with job skills. And, um, and we'll be able to create a true global community by being online. So I would just say Instagram, Africa Yoga Project, and you'll be able to find something during the week that something that you can participate in and donate.
0: Yes. And Africa is the website where you can also find more information and donate. And, you know, the last global healthy happy hour was um, this, they had the circus. It was the circus theme. And then um, the one coming up this Friday with uh, Nakenua, which Nakenua has, um, she just, did We did a pass the mic with Nikinwa and Bruce uh, with Shakti Power Yoga, which was incredible, and um she it'll be focused on mental health this Friday.
2: Is that correct? Exactly. So um we'll learn about mental mm-hmm. mental health in Africa um and we will take a trauma informed yoga class that really focuses on tools to um, manage anxiety and depression. amazing,
0: which, you know. It's funny when we when the pandemic first started I was so resistant to a home practice. <laughs> like I wanted to be in the studio. I wanted that sweat. Um then I was like, well this is what I have. This is what I have and so it started be- to become the new norm and now like the way that we are having this conversation now, like everything being online, I agree with you Paige. I believe that while we are in dire situations and, um, you know, (laughs) navigating the waters is different every day. I do believe that it's an awakening of sorts. And, um, cause I would have maybe never started this podcast. Um, I, you know, used to never think about FaceTiming with friends across the country or in another country just to like have a happy hour on, you know, FaceTime. And now it just seems, It's like, why did I never think of this? It's not, you know, while we're on different continents, we don't have to feel apart or alone. Like we can feel a part of something bigger than ourselves. And um, Global health, Healthy Happy Hour, highly recommend. Buy a ticket, invite your friends, share it on Instagram, on Facebook. And it is a way that we can support these amazing people and what they're going through and to ensure that Africa Yoga Project continues and these teachers have the resources and food. (laughs) Like Paige said, I, through this whole pandemic, I never had to worry if I was going to eat. Like that was never something that I was concerned about. And um, that is a real thing and we can, we can help. And that is one way, and then I know that you guys are also doing private yoga sessions with your Africa yoga project teachers
1: yeah uh so um how uh that was it was funny because how it came out is after we realized how much like uh, our alumni teachers who Paige talked about while making like six um hundred dollars to none now um as, uh, needed employment or some source of income, and that's how you came up with a private class. And you can sign up with uh, our Africa Worker project uh, instagram page if you go to the link it has all the links that if you want to donate if you want to book a private if you want to buy a ticket we have all all that in our in our bio so that's how you can book a private and with our one of our alumni teachers
0: amazing I will be booking a private for sure and any wow. anyone listening I'm telling you you know we've done the handstand hugs and happiness tour. We've, you know, hosted teachers from AYP at Shakti many years. And it's always so eye opening. And I shared a little bit before, but just how much joy, like how much joy I feel and experience when I'm in the presence of these teachers. And I remember most of them will come to Shakti and they'll look at our community and be like, why so serious? Like, why are you guys so serious? You know, this idea that we've got to get it right or perfect or, you know, and what even does that mean? And I will, anyone listening, sign up for a private, attend the global, global healthy happy hour. That's a mouthful. It's a great name. It's a mouthful saying Mm -hmm. over, but yeah, like you will not be the same after that. And, um, yeah. It'll be more than worth your time, and the money will help and return to you tenfold for sure.
2: Yeah. And, um, and also, like, it's really amazing. I mean, it's not just, it's pretty incredible, like, the power of community and the power of community of Baptist Yoga. Um, you know, we wouldn't, if it wasn't for our community of supporters like yourself, like, we'd be in a really bad, terrible place. What not you say, Catherine? I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, we're, um, oh, yeah. we We would not be in the position that we're in. We have become the safety net for a lot of young people um, to be able to get through this time. And we really appreciate um, the support and the integrity and the generosity of... Um, Learn people like you that have been on programs and then, you know, the, the communities that we work with and the friends and family of the people that are, you know, it's just unstoppable and every it's because it's an every week thing. It's not a once one one time mm-hmm. thing, you know? And um, you know, we're in the impact of the generosity. We're in the impact of generosity right mm-hmm. now because we wouldn't be where we are, and we truly understand because we're in this storm with, with everyone that we're all tired and we're all exhausted and we all want to move on and we all want to stop having to give so much, you know? Um, we we get that because we're in the experience of it in our in our own ways because, you know, it's not just white privilege, right? Like we all have privilege. Catherine has privilege. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, in Kenya because white privilege isn't as big of a conversation because there's few of our few of us <laughs> that have it. You know there's like <laughs> tribal privilege, there's mm. there's gender privilege, there's age privilege. You know so it's not just about, you know, white guilt or white fragility, it's really about what privileges do I have? How, what privileges, you know, what were, were, were I born with? What privileges have I earned and worked hard for? You know what privileges? And then and then saying how, you know, we're all exhausted, but how do we stay the course? How do we stay the course to share what we have? Because not everyone enjoys the same privileges that we have. And that's not just a racial, you know, a race thing. Um, you know, how and and that's, you know, you talked a bit about the joy um that you've found, you know, in Kenya. And I always say I've lived here long enough to see the other side of it. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Catherine might know what I mean. It's not like we're always <laughs> joyful all the time. Um
1: and you know yeah. we're not
2: always one way all the time. We're certainly not perfect. But what I will say is, like, um, the teachers at Africa Yoga Project share the generosity that's been shown. So the same way that we've been, we've been shown so much generosity from our donors. I I, I feel our teachers have been giving that much generosity to our, to their communities and their families and their like it's like. The, it's almost like a cycle, it's cycle of poverty here because we can't keep money in our pockets because we're constantly giving it away. Catherine, would you yeah. agree? It's like, you know, there's just so much need that we keep giving and um, and that's okay. You know, we're all tired. I, I, am I speaking for only myself or is it getting to everyone? Do you, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's getting to everyone. We're all tired. <laughs> yeah, we're all tired. And, um and yet, you know, as it comes in, let it go out. Mm-hmm. As it comes in, let it go out. You know, as the next check it comes in, let things go out with it. And, you know, I think that's the way that we'll get through this This time is just, you know, knowing that the next good thing will happen to us. And so we'll bear the next good thing onto others. And that's really what I'd want to like leave people with is that encouragement and to stay the course of whatever the original kind of feeling you felt around generosity is and stay the course and to trust trust that
0: yeah trust and yes and you're not the only one that is feeling exhausted and in our own ways and so you said how do we stay the course and how do we stay grounded what is it Catherine, for you like during this time what has helped keep you grounded and to stay the course when so much is happening around you
1: I'll say like my Africa yoga Project community, like um, uh, that's like uh the the staff, the teachers have really kept me grounded, especially the first few months where we are. Like, I was I thought I was gonna go crazy, even with meditation and yoga, but like uh, we usually have like daily calls, so that really grounds me. And I'll uh, also like something that I really enjoy, and that keep make me, even if I'm tired and I don't want to do it anymore. But just seeing our teachers, uh, like uh, applying for grants they have never applied, making a budget like a, a twenty thousand Kenya shillings, which is two hundred dollar Kenya where people are used to making like a two thousand, which is like how much is two thousand twenty dollars budget a month, and now you have like to make a budget of like two hundred dollars and make a budget and go to the community and distribute food, at the same time maintaining social distancing, wearing a mask, like, uh, you know, like all that tension. So that's like really fulfilling and uh, it grounds me. And uh, Paige talked about generosity and something that really touched me about our teachers and uh, them wanting to support their community really hard. Because we live in the same community as our about like uh, especially imagine a teacher, the first day eat, first year of teaching they don't have as much private um and then they were given we, we gave them food to distribute and part of their food was supposed to like go to them like keep part of, uh, like some to yourself and then go distribute to your community because you know we lost clients and then they ended up giving everything because there was so much need and you can see all that uh, like willingness to support and community and uh, like I'll say togetherness. It really reminded me when I was growing up, because uh, uh, the neighborhood, my, my neighbors were like, if we have food and they don't have food, we share. And if they have food and we don't have food, we share. And if you don't have food, we just hang out the whole the whole afternoon and tell stories. It just reminded me so much of how much there's so much togetherness and community and willingness to be of service from our teachers.
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah. Like the, just the innate Willingness to share and take care of one another is inspiring. And um, yeah, I think just finding ways to be in community has been grounding for me. You know, whether it's an online yoga class or conversations like we're having is something that reminds me (laughs) like why I want to do this in the first place, what my purpose is. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing, Catherine. Paige, what is it for you? Um, what reminds
2: me? uh, I think team is Catherine, like the team, the why. Um, Yeah, knowing that, uh, like this, just like knowing that like what it's, you know, I always think about for yoga project before I had a daughter is like my, my kid, you know, and then I really got it once I actually had my daughter because I'm like, okay, I thought like being a mom was supposed to be so blissful. But it's like kind of thinks most of the time it's like annoying and smelly and you know but it's like the love and the commitment is there's it's choiceless you know it's like it's not it's not like I'm going to stop taking care of my daughter you know and so I think that I what grounds me is that love like the same love I have for my daughter it's like it doesn't it's not a it's not about how I feel when I wake up in the morning like do I feel like Mm -hmm. working or not feel like working or you know, do I enjoy it or not enjoy it? I'm not saying that like joy shouldn't be, like joy is a part of mothering as well, but it's not always fun. It's not always Mm -hmm. joyful. And, you know, that commitment and purpose and love is what grounds me. And seeing Catherine um, work as hard as she does and Wanji and Julie and Jordan um, and the Global HHH team, I mean, they... They really work very hard. They really work very hard, um, and you know, and and we're without with lots of people telling us to do things differently. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all Mern saying good job. You know, there's, there's lots. You know, we we work hard under a lot of pressure, and that grounds me to see to see that, and um, and then physical exercise grounds me. Uh, I think that taking care of my body. Uh, I think that the next thing that that I want to do is kind of like an August challenge to see if people want to enroll in that because I have a four pack for the first time in my life, which I know has no difference on my personality, but I do like, like
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
2: You know, like it gives me joy when I look in the mirror, I feel joy. And, um, I like feeling strong yes. and I like feeling healthy and I like feeling like I'm taking care of my body in a new way. And, um, so that grounds me and I want to share that. So that's what I wanted to talk to Catherine about later. Cause we're thinking about moving um, to the beach for August uh, because yeah. we can. <laughs> so I was like, okay, maybe we could like do some sort of like August mm-hmm. challenge, you know, and like ask people to donate, to be part of it and start an accountability group um, just around health and wellness. And yeah, I mean, that, that really grounds me is like taking care of my body um, because that takes care of my mind uh, in a lot of ways. Like I never feel that stressed after I do a workout or yoga class or meditation or pranayama. Um, and then if, it, if I can turn anything into a fundraiser, I will.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Well, I will sign up for the August challenge. So I hope that you guys do that. And um,
2: we have to, we have to bring- I don't know that
0: I've ever had a four pack. Maybe. Maybe close to it. I never even had a
2: line. <laughs> I never even had a line. Look. Look you, I, see see line. I see it. I see it.
0: Yes.
2: I never had oh it. Goodness. I've never had it Well, anymore.
0: congratulations. That takes work. And I love that you said it's, you know, you feel strong in your body, which brings you joy. And yeah, I, you know, joy. I hope that you guys do the August challenge because I will say that for me, physical activity, being in nature, hikes, things like that. Um, definitely helped me feel grounded and um, I know through this time not being able to have a consistent in-studio sweaty yoga practice I definitely haven't felt as strong during this time as I have in Mm -hmm. the past like you know my body at level one level two and like What I was doing at that time is just, it's not how I feel right now. And I know that I'm not the only one that's feeling that way. And um, so consistency and physical activity yeah, and accountability, like you said, like doing it with a group, like I'm doing this with Catherine and Paige on the beach in Kenya, you know, like, yeah, like I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do this. And um, so I hope, I know that you will do it. You put it out there now.
2: We'll figure it out. We need a platform we just have to figure yeah. it out. Yeah, I think it's all about consumer, yeah. And that's what I think that's what, you know, um, You know, it's all about habit and consistency. And um, that's what's made, it, I think, makes a difference. And that's what our yoga studios provided us, right? Those physical yeah. spaces. They provided us with like a consistent space. I was
0: just, it crossed my mind, the sweaty yoga sessions at the Shine Center holy moly, you guys know how to create heat. The tapas was like lit and, um, I've never experienced a class like that. Um, like I did at the shine center. And then I just all of a sudden thought about the Sunday lunch. Oh, anyway, it mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. was it Saturday. Yeah. I think about yeah. eating on together on Sundays here in the States. So yeah, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So keep us posted on that. Like Uh, Paige said earlier, follow Africa Yoga Project on Instagram to stay up to date. Get out your phone right now. Follow unless you're driving and listening to this. Just do that when you get stationary. Um, A couple of fun things that I like to uh, do on the podcast. One thing that I do is called Joy Pop, which is a spinoff of Dirty Pop if you know, if you're a boy band fan in sync, no, it's okay. Um, (laughs) but you've kind of already shared, but while, while you brought, um, to focus page joy is not always present like while I saw a lot of joy in the Kenyan people and in myself it's not always like that I used to think oh I'm the mern burn I'm always supposed to be on I'm always supposed to be happy and joyful and it was through the practice of yoga that I realized like that is just not, that's not authentic. First of all, it's slightly delusional to think that you're supposed to be that way all the time. And, um, yeah, so there are things that I do that bring me joy, like dancing, <laughs> like dancing. My most recent beautiful surprise moment was, um, there were, <laughs> you all know who Garth Brooks is? Okay. He's a country artist. He's pretty big here. Um, But during the pandemic, you can't have concerts, et cetera. So he did a concert at drive-in theaters where you bring your vehicle and you park and you listen through your radio and it's up on the big screen. And um, me and my partner and her sister and her mom, we all, it started to rain on us. We were sitting in the back of a pickup truck and it started to rain. And my initial thing was get out of the rain, protect yourself. And then I was like, what? No, like, and we just danced in the rain. And it was a feeling of joy that I haven't felt in a while. So what is it for the two of you that, you know, in a global pandemic, what can you do to bring joy to the surface?
2: I like dancing too.
0: I saw Paige's moves at level two. Yeah, she's got moves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Catherine, what is it for you?
1: Mm-hmm. dancing oh definitely dancing but not just dancing by myself but dancing with my daughter and my nieces it's, they, we, they come over we live next door they come over we put on uh, YouTube and everybody put a song
0: and the global healthy happy hour with Michael Fronti, I danced my face off that was so much fun
2: oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah fun. such
0: a good time what if you had a billboard what would it say
2: Mm, donate to africa yoga project
0: that's so smart yes yes <laughs> donate to africa yoga project i love that Catherine. i don't know but
2: some, version, <laughs> some, some version of that do yoga do yoga yeah, and donate. got it katherine
1: mm-hmm. uh mm. compassion
0: yes if if we were able to come into every conversation or encounter with more compassion that could have a huge impact for sure. I love that. What does the first hour of your day look like?
1: Um, Mine, I struggle to wake up and then wake up. And uh, I definitely have a a yoga group that uh, I practice with. So I get straight to my computer, Zoom and coffee.
0: What about you, Paige? Um, Coffee, Mm
2: -hmm. Um, yeah, on good days, meditation and pranayama. Um otherwise Penzi. My yes. daughter. But definitely call me. <laughs> I love it.
0: What is uh is there a book that you're reading right now or a book that you like to gift to other people? Mm,
2: I love I like um How Can I Help by Ramda mm. Ramda?
1: Um I don't need read a lot of books but I love reading uh, Journey to the Heart.
0: Yes, every that's a daily kind of like Paige says on good days there's meditation and I read Journey and Journey to the Heart um, by Melody Beady. You can order it on Amazon or your local bookstore. Of course, one of my favorites that I can go to all the time is Being a Power by Baron.
1: There was another book that gave me I can't remember the name of the book. It was written by Russell Simon. Simmons or? Like some famous black guy in the U.S.? Russell
2: Simmons, yeah. What yeah, was the name? I loved it. Uh, I will find out, but it's all, all his books are great. Um, uh, it's probably super rich, or do you?
0: I One of my daily practices, especially during this time, has been gratitude. What are you most grateful for right now?
1: Um. I am grateful for uh family. First of all, I think, uh, like I said, my family and Africa Project family have kept me grounded and sane. Uh, my daughter, uh, who keeps reminding, she keeps reminding reminding me of so much stuff, especially mm-hmm. to feed her. <laughs> and I'm also grateful for uh, the opportunity to share my voice with mm-hmm. the world.
2: Um, I'm grateful for my parents and my sister and I'm grateful, um, I'm grateful to have a job. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I am grateful for my family as well, my health and I'm grateful for (laughs) the internet, like to be able to connect, um, just with so many people during a time when it would be so easy to, to retreat or isolate or feel alone. And I'm grateful that you both said yes um, to this podcast and that, you know, I'm grateful for this platform to get to share with more people. Yeah. If you haven't followed them already, Africa Yoga Project on Instagram, Africa Yogaproject.org on Uh, is their website and a global healthy happy hour coming up this Friday and um, focused on trauma informed yoga and mental health and book a private with one of these teachers. I promise it'll be some of the best dollars you've spent. And um, is there anything else that you either of you would like to share or comments
2: Uh, No, just thank you, Maren. Thanks for being such a huge yes and support, and thanks to your community,
1: um, and
2: thanks to Catherine for joining me, joining us.
1: Yeah, and mine is like, uh, thank you so much for having us.
2: Mm. Thank you.
0: Thank you for, yeah, just for being you. Like Paige said earlier, there's not much else that I can say just super grateful and uh thank you to everyone for listening to intermission and thank you for being you